Phoenix to London. From L.A. to around the world. This is The Ticket. All sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle, Ray Ellis, and Fan Man. Your number one fan-oriented sports talk leader, Voice America Sports. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. Well, I hope it doesn't kill me because I want to make sure that I do this show because I enjoy doing this show. <laughs> Listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan Man, and I love doing the show too. Hey, Fan Man, as I said last week, and I will continue to say I am a fan of yours because you love football. I love football. Watching football all day Saturday, all day Sunday, Monday night. I love it. I wish it was on tonight. Hey, fan man, speaking of what you wish was on tonight, you know, I, I want to change the subject away from football. But as I said, you're listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. If you're interested in calling, you can reach us at 866-472-5788. But let's change the subject a little bit about football and talk about baseball. Some people are wishing they could watch baseball tonight because of the World Series. And uh, it just goes to show you how much worth and value a weatherman or weather woman really has. Well, see, weathermen, weathermen in, um, in in Phoenix, they shouldn't be paid for anything because it's always sunny there. Maybe in the monsoon they bring a part timer in, but in Philadelphia and the Northeast, you never know when what the weather's going to do. Well, they predicted yesterday, last night, that there was not going to be rain, and for the first time ever in the history of the World Series, a game was interrupted that could have been the deciding game for the World Series, and something that I didn't know, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, the old man who's making all the decisions, the commissioner, Selick, I think is his name, he said that he had the discretion, and he was going to use good discretion, and even regardless of the Phillies were ahead at the time, and the, t- and the Rays never, you know, never got a chance to score another run, and it, and it didn't end in a tie, of which it did last night, mm-hmm. he was still going to make sure that that game was completed and it was going to be nine innings. But he, according to what he was saying, it was at his discretion. Now, wow. Well, what do you, you know, think? It, 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 I don't know whose discretion is uh, When it rains in a normal game, who makes the final call? Is the umpires make the final well, call? Well, after you go to a certain amount of innings and the game can be, if the game is called and whoever's winning at that time. Well, I think you, it has to go up to a certain amount of innings, and I think it's seven innings, I think. I'm not a, a hardcore baseball fan, but I think if it gets to seven innings and whoever's leading, uh, the team that's leading wins the game. Well, that's what we think. But what what he said last night is that it was his discretion. You know, there was his discretion. Maybe it is. It's the World Series. Maybe they they have in their bylaws and their rules and regulations that in a World Series, the uh, baseball commissioner commissioner has to make the decision, not an umpire. Well, you know, it's interesting to me. Somebody that knows baseball. Well, I'll tell you what. It seemed to me last night that there were a lot of people that were uncertain. I mean, I think they actually had to go pull out and dust off the rules book and find out exactly. Right. who was in charge and who can make that decision. Well, they should already know that because playing in Philadelphia or Tampa Bay, uh, basically both of those cities are on the East Coast. They get a lot of rain. You never know what's going to happen. One day, I mean, you live there. I live there. It's cloudy one day, sunny the next. Sometimes it's sunny in the morning, cloudy in the afternoon. It rains. You never know when it's going to rain. So I've seen it where it rains there. Half the, uh, half the street was raining and the other half was dry. Well, I, I mean, you I've know, seen that. like you said, somebody should have known what the rules were, and I can tell you that. Well, that's what I just said. They should have had the rule book out just in I, case. I mean, they have to they have to incorporate into well, the planning the weather. 
That's exactly what they did. They, they pulled the rules book. But I, I'm telling you, when you watch that game last night, it's almost like it was a sigh of relief for the world watching the game mm-hmm. when, when the Rays got a hit and tied the game up because now, I mean, it was raining profusely. They should have stopped it long before that. Mm-hmm. But when, as soon as they scored, it was like, okay, we can call this game. and we can. Now, here's the point I want to make. Who gets in the game, the next game? Who has a ticket to get in the game? The game's going to pick up where it left off. Does that mean you got to hold on to your ticket stub and then you can get back into the game? Yeah, and suppose know, the game is not tonight. Right? I mean, well, well, you know, since I had, game, I had tickets for that game and then I got cut out of the game at the sixth inning or whatever it was, do I get to, do I get to go back to that game that has to be repeated, I guess? Yeah, and not only that, check this out. I suppose so. they can't play the game tonight and they play the game tomorrow. What about the people that, you know, flew up from Tampa Bay and they, their flight is sending them back. they got to get on the flight. So who's going to sit in their seat? You know what, Ray? That's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, their problem. I'm a, fan. I'm a Phillies fan. I don't care about them. Well, you know, that's just a, that just I goes know, to show man. you why, you know, many times in sporting events, you know, particularly when you're talking about an event like baseball and you take it too far into the season of which you can't predict what the weather is, and then you got a visiting team coming from other parts of the country, and people have travel schedules. I mean, what happened to the Tampa Bay Rays, I understand, is they couldn't even stay in the hotel of which they stayed in the night before. They had to go to Delaware because that hotel oh, of which they had been staying in, of which they thought they were going to check out, they did well, check you out. Know what, Ray, what they booked. should do like they did in Arizona, and I think there's a, a couple other major uh, league ballparks. They have uh, what they call a roof. Yes. You know, they, and, and you know what? Baseball should not be under this mess of weather. Just like football. I mean, football has very cold weather, so what they do is they build these domed stadiums. And I think that they should, they, all these stadiums should be domed. So this way, uh, the game goes through. So if it's raining, snowing, ice, wind, it doesn't matter. The, the, you know, they can, have, they can have the roof open during the game, but if the game gets really bad, like they do in Arizona, if, if it's too hot or it starts to rain or it's a monsoon or it's a, some other lightning problem or whatever it may be, they can just close the roof and there's no problem. Well, you know, this would make a case. It's the first time that I've ever really said, hmm. It's one of, you know, like Arsenio Hall says, one of those things that make you go, hmm. Mm. It's one of the first times that I ever thought about the fact about, you know, I guess football's kind of smart in the fact that they do have the Super Bowl many Super Bowl many times in locations where stadium. the weather's warm, and with the exception of you know a couple years. Well, yeah, I think it was a couple years ago. Uh, it was played uh, in Indianapolis or someplace. No, it didn't Detroit. It rain. Detroit, I think. Well, someplace and it rained real bad. I haven't seen a Super Bowl in the rain in a very so long you, time. Usually, what the NFL does, the games are generally in warm climates like Dallas, Phoenix. Uh, they'll have it in San Diego. Uh, they'll have it in Florida. They have it in places where you know it's not going to have snow and it's not going to be bitterly cold. And they're not going to have this. Uh, they want you know the players can't play in that type of weather, as you well know, because you were a player. It's very difficult to play in those t- type of conditions. And when you're talking about a championship game like the and the Rays, they should be in a situation where they have they, they, it's domed. This way, the game goes on. Now they have a controversy in Major League Baseball about whether the game, like you just said about the fans, uh, they tied the game. Uh, should they have continued playing the game? Should they have waited till the rain stopped? Uh, I don't know if it stopped or not because I turned it off at that point. I don't know if the weather continued on to be bad. Uh, generally in Philadelphia, when it rains, it rains and it continues to rain. Yeah, it, it, it continued to rain because, as a matter of fact, the post game. Uh, interviews took place in the dugout. You know, the guys continued to talk about the game and, and continued to talk about the fact that, hey, you know, hey, don't be upset about it. But they weren't thinking from a commissioner's 
perspective. Because right. for him, last night was a disaster because he had all these things to think about, of which you and I are discussing now. Right. See, those guys are That's just reporting. They're just broadcasters. They didn't really think about, well, what about the Tampa Bay Ray fans who came here to see this game? And now well, you're going to say it's going to be the opposite. They could have been in Tampa Bay where it rains a lot there. I've been in Tampa. Tampa's a very, very um, um, uh, high-end climate, very sticky, a lot of humidity. It can rain at any given time. Uh, it's close to, it's right, it sits right on a bay from the ocean, from the, on the Gulf of Mexico, I think, if I'm correct. And, um, you know, it can, it could be, uh, it could be, it could have happened in Tampa just like it happened in Philadelphia. Well, those, that's one of those things of which, again, that, that becomes, uh, a decision for the commissioner to make. He decided he's going to, you know, shut okay, the game do you, down. Okay, now, what fans do you think are really pissed off more, the Phillies fans or the Rays fans? Well, I think really that the Rays fans, if there's a fan there that, that had a flight that's leaving out today, that couldn't, that his hotel room or her hotel room, that they don't have a place to stay. I mean, those are the people that I'm sympathetic with at this time. Mm-hmm. So I think they're pretty upset. Every, anybody who was a Phillies fan, the majority of those people probably lived right there in the Delaware Valley. They had a right. place to go. They can come home, right. go home, sleep it off, come back. I mean, they got a, a, an extended party for them. So well, you they know. were saying on Sunday you had, you, know, you had the Eagles game with 75,000 people. Then you have the baseball game with another 70,000 people. Then they had a hockey game with another uh, 17 or 18,000 people. And this all happened in the afternoon and evening. Can you imagine and, the traffic jam? And what was it? The night stadiums in a row, in, in, uh, they were in a row. Yeah, and the night before, I think the Who was playing across at, at the old Spectrum or something like that. Too, right, so. right. What, a, what? I mean, that traffic down there, the way they have that design, and I've seen it several times, it just, to me, it's like, why didn't they space the stadiums out a little bit? Why do they have them all bunched up in one little group? You know, well, I'll tell you what, if you think about it here in Phoenix, when you go out to, uh, you know, to University of Phoenix Stadium and then you got Jobbing Center, you know, where the hockey team plays, it's a similar type of landscape. Yeah, and uh, and I like that. There. It's in the middle of the desert. Yeah, well, it, Philadelphia is uh, it used to be filthy, but it's, filthy uh, it's very clean now. <laughs> it's filthy, Phil. That's what Wilson, Wilson Good, the mayor of Philly, called it. Filthy hey. Philly. Hey, well, let's, hey, let's, let's, welcome let's, to Filthy Philly. When you get off the airplane, you, <laughs> sell the, you smell the sewage. I mm. enjoyed the city of brotherly love. Let's I talk a little football. Let's talk a little football if we can there, fan man, because pretty soon we're going to have to take a break. And you and I always know if we hear music, we've got to take a break. But That's exactly right. So until we get to that break, let's talk about Monday night football. Last night, Peyton Manning loses a Monday night football game. Well, you know what? There's the Titans. Uh, basically, you said a couple weeks ago that the uh, you know the coach of the Titans, uh, I, can't, I can't think of his name right Jeff now. Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher is on the hot seat. Well, I don't think he's on the hot seat anymore. They, they're undefeated, and they're going for it. I think that, that team is playing absolutely terrific, and nobody's really talking about them except the people in Tennessee and the sportscasters down there and us. No, well, the Miami Dolphins, uh, you know, you, you got those, that, those guys from that Miami Dolphin team. They always talk about any team who has a chance to somehow break their record. But listen, last year, everybody thought there was a chance that the New England Patriots could go undefeated. Do you think there's any chance that the Tennessee Titans will go undefeated? Yeah, I do. The way they're playing right now, uh, they're seven games into the eight games into the season. Yeah, I do. I think they're playing very, very well. They 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 have a committed team. Uh, they they're they they're all together offense, defense. I mean, all the different uh, you know kick return, the special teams, quarterback. I mean, everything's working for them. Yeah, but okay. Now, what happened to football just that fast? That all of a sudden we go from New England Patriots, and I, we understand that Tom Brady got hurt. Yeah, Tom Brady New got England hurt. Patriots, you know, the Giants won the Super Bowl last year. You know, the Cowboys are supposed to be an elite team. Where did the Tennessee Titans just come? Now, I said Jeff Fisher was on the hot seat because Jeff has been, you know, a coach that's been there for so long. I'm sure those people have an expectations to win the Super Bowl, and so that's why I put him on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. But the Tennessee Titans wake up one day and become the best team in football? 
Well, you know, you, you have all these people out there saying all kinds of things like us. I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, what teams should be up there and what teams should not be up there. And uh, Tennessee we did talk about, and we basically said Fisher was on the hot seat, and uh, they had troubles with the quarterback, if you remember, with him, uh, you know, taking a, uh, a pity party on himself. And the bo- remember the fans were booing him? Yeah, I, I, you were talking about that? Vince Young. We're you talking about Vince I think Young. Jeff Fisher uh, g- gathered them around and said, "Hey, hey, look at guys. We got a good team here. Let's go out and show them what we can do." And, uh, you know, and I congrats to Jeff Fisher and, and great job to Jeff for, for doing that and showing the NFL and the fans uh, around the country, "Hey, look out for us." And you know what Jeff Fisher has done? Jeff Fisher has done what I've been saying the last couple of weeks is what the responsibility of the coach is to do. I mean, we were talking about baseball earlier. Did you realize that baseball on the field? I'm sorry, in the dugout, have managers because yeah. they manage the game. Yeah. They don't play the game. They manage they the manage game. They manage the game. They got, they, and they that's what Jeff Fisher. Coach, first base coach. They have the two or three managers inside talking to the players when they come off the field. Well, that's they, what Jeff Fisher does. Jeff Fisher is a manager, and he is a very good manager. I mean, he's got a number of different personalities. I mean, you think about it, in every work environment, you've got people from all over the world that come together, and, and hopefully they're, you know, in the spirit of court trying to get one common goal met, and that is to make a well, successful, you know, you know prosperous you business. You know, you know where you hire an offensive line coach uh, or an offensive uh, coordinator? He's paid to uh, coordinate the offense to uh, move the ball down the field. That's what he gets paid for. It's his responsibility to the coach, as you well know, to uh, win the game. Same with the uh, defensive coordinator and the defensive back coach and so on and so forth. So they got to make sure that they know what the game plan is through the coach, and they all work together as a team. And some of these coaches, uh, coaching, um, uh, you know, co- coaches don't work together that well. That's why uh, teams have problems, I think. Okay, fam, man, I told you, when you hear that music, we got to take a break. Yeah, I, I hope it. you wrap that up. You hear this music, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan man. We're in Phoenix living like it matters, and we'll be right back after this message. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. Take the bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I'm Joe Wood, president of Famous Footwear. We are a proud sponsor of March of Dimes' premier walking event, March for Babies, formerly known as Walk America. More babies begin healthy lives because of March of Dimes' research and programs. And with our support, we can do even more for families all over America. One day, all babies will be born healthy, but we have to walk to get there. Join the March for Babies. Sign up at marchforbabies.org. 
shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. the left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. We're back. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan Man. Fan Man. First, I'd just like to say thank you to our good friends out there from Max Preps, who was with me last week on a special show for high school sports. They, along with Nike, and uh, are doing a five-day to Friday tour. They stopped in Masson, Ohio, to see the Masson Tigers beat up on the Kent McKinley Bulldogs. I hate that happened, but you, I went, that. you went to McKinley, right? Oh yeah, I went to McKinley, and I, uh, I hate that happened. You, you, but you, you had a bad weekend. They got beat. Ohio State got beat. Oh hey, man. hey, hey, hey no swearing on this the, show. The no swearing. Losers, and then uh, the only thing that was bright in your weekend was uh, was the Eagles. Wow. I, Boy, you had a bad weekend, right? Wow. The number one co-host has turned on me, but that's okay. That, that, that mean, happens on, on this show. I, I called you up, and I, I, I called you on Saturday <laughs> and said, if you need any uh, mental oh, help, uh, you know, if you need me to help you, I would help you. Okay, we're going to move on. Listen, we were talking hey, about yeah, coaches well, thing, and managers. That, show and about Max Preps. that was good. <laughs> I yeah, I appreciate that. What those guys are doing. Yeah, high school football is what it's all about. It's where we all start at, and, yeah, uh, all and, and that's one thing. That's, yeah. that's one thing that's oh, common. Not, you, had, uh, you had Blair Thomas on. That was great. Yeah, I didn't I like really that because that. Blair came on at the end. He was throwing a little jab in there about Penn State, and they ended up winning. So I can't call him until next year. No, I can call him because I love Penn State. I wanted Penn State to win the game. I've been to a lot of Penn State games. Yeah, you guys think the sky is blue and white because of Joe Paul. Okay, it it is blue and white up there. In, okay, in okay, I've heard all that. <laughs> Listen, okay, let's, let's talk a little bit. Let's get back to, yeah, but again, thank you, to. my friends out there from Max Press and Football University and Blitz Magazine, all those guys. But listen, we were talking about effective managers, and we said that we're starting to agree that Jeff Fisher has been a consistent manager, but, but now he's it shows signs of moving on to that next level and becoming a much better manager to the point where he make his he may take his team into the playoffs and perhaps maybe at this stage of of the season of which you know it's the second half half times over now second half and games are always won in the second half you know he could end up being the coach of the year and possibly take his team to the playoffs but here's what I want to say to you fan man the temperament of these different managers. Let me give you an idea of different coaching styles and, and see how they all get it done. And I'm not sure they're, all very, they're not all as successful as the other because some have won Super Bowls and some haven't. But look at the personalities of these managers because that's what they are. That's what they are. Jeff Fisher's one. Now you got Mike Singletary. You now, also yeah, got yeah, – Look at him. Look what he's done. <laughs> he got rid of that quarterback, good old JT uh, – what's his name? JT – O'Sullivan. Um, O'Sullivan. O'Sullivan, yeah, and he benched him, and he put in the uh, he uh, put in um, uh, Hill. But it's it's too early for you know the, the jury's still out on Mike right now. But 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 I told you this a couple weeks ago when when I saw Mike on the sidelines, and then Mike was being considered as a person who would take over the job. I said to you, I said, fan man, you know. The Mike Singletary that I know is not the Mike Singletary that I see walking up and down those sidelines. And here's what I think happened is under the direction of the manager who was there, you know, Tallin or whatever the guy's name was, who's out of there now, Mm -hmm. the the guy who wears the suits. 
you know, Mike adopted to a different personality. And the real Mike Singletary showed up on Sunday. I mean, that's the Mike Singletary I remember from the 85 Bears when we, we were trying to beat them. That's the Mike Singletary that I know. Yeah, but and Mike, Singletary, Mike Singletary to me is a player's coach. He played the game, knows the game. He's, he won a Super Bowl with the Bears. And I think a lot of these young guys on the, on the 49ers team respect that, and they're going to play hard for him. Okay, well, we go, okay, now you got Mike Singletary. You got Tony Dungy. You got Belichick. And you got Wade Phillips. Now, all those guys are different managers and effective, right. and effective managers. But in today's football, which one of those managers is more? Can an can a old school guy like Mike Singletary come back and, and, and be a coach in today's football? Yeah, I think he can. I think he, I think he can be a very, very good coach. And I'm glad the 49ers management named him the coach because I think he can take the team to the level where they need to be. Um, I think Singletary has good management skills. He knows the game extremely well. Uh, he knows uh, how to manage the players. He knows. I mean, look what he did with the quarterback. Well, one I thing mean, I will uh, say about uh, this. You know, Hill started uh, last year, the last two games of one, and then they benched him, and he's always been a third-string quarterback. He's always been sitting on the bench. This guy's good. Put him in there. That's what he did. And he also apologized to the fans. Well, listen, He said I, to the fans, hey, I'm going to change this for you guys. I'm well, because he thinks the fans, they, they paid to see a good football team, and he thinks that the guys on the field should play much better than what they are. Now, I've never known. I haven't heard that, you know, the San Francisco 49ers is a football team that you've got to be concerned about. You know, these guys are out being some pansies and not really wanting to play football. I've always thought that that's been a very good franchise and a football team and the players play very hard at all times. They put out maximum effort. I guess, you know, he doesn't feel as if that's what's happening now. And I think he, and I've, I've been in a situation like this before. I don't want to say it's been me, but it maybe it's been somebody else. And maybe Buddy Ryan might have made an example out of me. But sometimes you'll take a person. And you will identify that person. And, and what you'll do is you'll chastise that person, and that lets everybody else know that it's fair game with anybody and everybody. I think Buddy Ryan just didn't like you. Well, that, that could be I part mean, of it, too, you know, but still. His personalities, maybe he didn't get along with you, and maybe he thought you were lazy, or maybe he thought, <laughs> I mean, but you had a record to go back for years before Buddy Ryan came onto the scene, and you were pretty well, you were very well known. Well, I'm uh, not talking about me, so I'm just making, ex- I'm, I'm making an example. Like we don't have to talk, it's not that it's me, I'm just saying that I think today, when Mike Singletary did, well, he was trying to get the attention of all of his ball players, his entire team, and wanted them to know that, listen, if I could take my first-round draft pick and chastise him like this, Right. And I can let him know what I'm expecting of him. And he, and he responded in the right way, you know. And that is, okay, I got to go out. I got to do what's right. I can't, I can't hurt the team. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to realize that I, you know, I got to, you know, keep my, uh, my temper under control at all times. That 15-yard penalty didn't help them at all. Right. And, and, but I'm just not sure that today's athlete who, in a modern-day era of free agency, are they going to want to go play for Mike Singletary? Well, you know, I think Mike Singletary takes the, um, and I was going to say the legendary head coach of the Chicago Bears. Mike Ditka. Mike Ditka. And I think he's taking the same approach that Mike Dick, uh, Ditka t- 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 uh, you know, took to the uh, Bears in that 85 championship uh, series. But I, I think Mike, Mike Singletary is a well, um, you know, a professional. He knows the game. He knows how to motivate the players. And if you're not going to play, and it seems like Wizenhunt's doing the same thing in, in, in Arizona, if you're not going to play hard, you're not going to play football, period. Well, one I mean, thing about right. it for sure is that the game is won on the field. It, it's not won on paper. And many times when you when, when you look at these games, you know, you make these predictions and, and things are on paper. And, and Mike is saying to guys, hey, I don't care, you know, who predicted who to win this game or what's on paper. Or they think they got better athletes than we got. Yeah, you know, we win field. this game on the field. And you right. guys have to go out there and play. He can only coach. He can only manage the game. Right. But those guys got to go out there and play. And there, there were a couple of games that were out there this week that were some pretty good games. And, 
and I, again, you know, it's nine games right. into the season. We're talking about managing the game. Uh, on the Cardinals game, did you see Wizenhunt pull, pull that stunt on the uh, on fourth down for the field goal, and and they try to run it and run it to get the first down and missed? Well, here's the thing about I mean, that. See, that's bad management, the way I look at it. And I feel sorry for the fans in Arizona to see that kind of crap going on. Well, I wouldn't say, here's what it is. First of all, I wouldn't say it was bad management. I would say that the execution of the play was not properly you know, carried out. And here's, here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. The receiver, the tight end, was open early. If, if, the, if the kicker would have gotten the ball to him, or the holder would have gotten the ball to him earlier, he could have made the first down because the safety who actually was there, you know, to come over from the other side of the field, even though he has very good speed, if he had got the ball earlier and they would have executed the play the way it was drawn up. Yeah, but we're talking about management style and what Wisenhunt did. He had to make a management decision as to what to do to get that first down. And they practiced that play all the time, and they did not execute that play. That means that the players didn't execute it. Management thought they had it together. They didn't have it together, and it cost them the first down. I disagree. I disagree because Where management. Disagree? They lost the game. No, here's what I'm saying though. It was, you you that mentioned it. You said it. You said it was execution. Execution takes place on the field, and that's, that's exactly what it is. Right. And execution takes place on the practice field when they practice that type of play. And that's exactly right. And they got it right in practice, and they, they didn't get it and right they let down the on manager. the field. Say that again. They let down the manager. Well, well, they let exactly. The when sometimes people let, that's exactly right because that's what you do. You like we're going to talk about Matt here a little bit. You know, <laughs> the management has faith in a person, so you have great expectations. So you draft them high, and then they let you down. That's what happened on that play. They executed that play in practice. He felt confident enough that we've done this in practice so many times. This is the right time to do it. We caught him off guard. But we didn't execute the play properly, so therefore we didn't make it. I don't think, I really don't think, you know, it's hindsight. You know, it's one of those things, oh, boy, if it works, great call. If it doesn't work, uh, you know, bad call. Right. It, was, it was a very good call. It just didn't work. But I don't think that's the only place in which they lost the game. And I'm going to say they lost the game on the field. Listen, this is one of the best defensive teams that in, in football. I mean, they've got some athletes on that defensive side of the ball. You know, but the offense, you know, consistently what happens with the Arizona Cardinals is they don't play a game where offense, defense, and special teams all play together. All play together on the same game. Yeah, thing. well, you know, at halftime, Warner had the team at 17-3, and uh, they came out and, and blew it. I now, 17-3. They were going, huh? Now, Here we go again. Now, that, now you, you hit it, fam, man. That's one thing about it. When it's 17-3, okay. And when the, the game starts, the defense could not hold it, hold that together. Okay, fam, man. When the game starts, nobody knows what you have to do to win a game. Nobody knows. That's exactly you, you, right. You go into a game thinking you know what you have to do. At halftime, you have a clear indication of exactly what you have to do. You know how many points you have to score in order to win, and you know how many points you have to prevent the other team All from right, so scoring. Getting back, uh, getting, getting back to that management style, was the defensive coordinator at fault here? Who was at fault in managing that team and, and managing to keep that 17-3 to or maybe a 24-3 lead before, you know, they came back and beat them? I mean, well, Carolina came back and beat them right in the fourth quarter. And I'm going to tell you who's responsible for that. You know, I, I'm going to tell you. I'm, you asked me, and I'm going to tell you. The de- I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to fault the defense because if there you, you watch that game, it was some poor tackling going on on that field. There were many times that we missed tackles that I could not believe. It, it just, it was I know, embarrassing. I saw it myself. It was absolutely uh, pathetic. Yeah, and, the, and these guys, you know, you ha- one thing you have to do, there, there's certain ways of which when you go about making a tackle, 
if you can catch a person when he is not looking and he turns around, it's like you scare somebody. Right. If you, but you have to be in that position, and it's almost like this penalty that they're starting to call too much now where the person is defenseless. Well, that really is the opportunity for you to make the best tackle, something that you dream of as a kid, mm-hmm. is when a person is defenseless. And I'm sorry, that's just the way you play the game. That's the position you want to get in. When you're in that position and a person literally turns around, it's almost like you're walking down the hall and somebody walks up on you, you turn around, you don't know they're there, and you bump into them, you're like, oh, excuse me. That's the time where you don't have to wrap your arms around a person and you can just give it everything you got. I agree with you. You can but throw that, but, that but shoulder tackle that. in. You can use that show to tackle. But they other don't, times, they don't do that. yeah, and I'm going to have to finish explaining that on the other side of the break. <laughs> You're getting me excited now. We're talking about tackling. We're talking about football. This is Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Man, man. We'll be right back after this message. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga race course. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Jack, he'll get you right back to your head. presents Jack LaLanne Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLanne and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLanne, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLanne Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan man. And when I grow up, I'm going to be just like Jay-Z, but I'm still a young man, so I'm going to continue to talk about football. Fan man, i got to apologize because there's something as we went to break I wanted to say. Uh, you know, we're talking about tackling, and i got to say that I said just the players on the field have made some mistakes, and it was poor tackling. It was also some coaching. I'm going to get around to that, but let me finish about the tackling. 
Okay. When a per when you sneak up on a person almost and they're not looking, they turn around and you give them the boo. That's when you can just just go for the kill shot and don't wrap up. If they're coming at you face to face and they have an opportunity to make some moves on you, you got to wrap up. And I'm going to give you a perfect example is when, you know, the short pass was thrown to Steve Smith on the sideline. Mm -hmm. He made a move on roll, our free safety, number 21. He did not wrap up at all. And, of course, Steve Smith just tightrope down the sideline, probably went about 65 yards. And, and scored a touchdown. And that's now, why they lose games. That's yeah, why that, that, you know, the Cardinals are going to be this. They beat Dallas. Everybody the wizard hunts in the, fa in, the, in the stands with the fans, and everybody's happy. And then they go to Carolina and get beat up and punched out like but, that. And roll number 21 doesn't even stop it. That's what he gets paid for. That's, that's exactly why they right. Games. And, and, and one thing about it, when you've they got stink. a free safety, this is his first year starting at free safety, but when you've got a free safety or a strong safety, and we got one of the best ones that ever played football, and, uh, and, and Adrian that? Wilson and Adrian yeah, Wilson Adrian Wilson that's and right. he doesn't miss he doesn't miss tackles and and that's what you got to well, do that's what you he gets can't paid for he's a professional just like you and you play you never missed a tackle yeah I mean, but what you got to do right you got you know tackling is something you got to want to do it too you just got to want to tackle you got to be job. determined that's his job well yeah and we and they got to get better at that but let me also say this I'm gonna go now to a coaching mistake that I think they made in this game plan okay. and this game plan is listen. You know, when you go into a, a, a game, there's only a couple things that the people can do. Either they're going to run the ball or they're going to pass the ball. Mm -hmm. And if you've got a team that's pretty good at doing both, then what you at least want to try to do is you want to try to take one of them away from them and make them beat you with the other thing. We right. didn't take, take anything. Take one of them out. Right. We didn't take anything away from they didn't Carolina. They take anything and away. I, Again, 17-3 at halftime, they come out, they blow the game. Right, and, and, and listen, Steve Smith, you don't let Steve Smith beat you. You've you got to go into a game and say, okay, listen, you, you heard it all the time. You hear people talk about when they play the Cardinals, you've got to know where Adrian Wilson's at. You know, you got, you know, you got Anquan Bolden well, you and you got Lear. Do you think the Cardinals actually said about Steve Smith, this, is, th this guy is a problem for us, we've got to really be on top of him? No, they, they didn't. said that in the locker room? I'm going to tell you why they didn't. You know, going in the halftime? Well, here's, I think they made a special plan for him defensively. Oh, they but sure they put, did. He, they but, Here's what they did. Here's what they did. They put Rod Hood on him everywhere he went. But the only thing about it is, come on, Steve Smith is one of the best receivers to play the game today and, and one of the best to ever play the game. I'm going to give him that much credit because he's that good. So you've got to double-team him. You've got to get him some – you've got to give Rod right. some Hood. you got to give Hood some help. I, I, I totally agree with you. And they didn't give him any help. And because they didn't give him any help, you know, Steve Smith made him pay for it. I mean, it was – when I watched that game – get away from us from 17-3 at halftime and you know I you and I talked I was pretty excited I thought they were on their way so, so did I I thought hey this is the new Cardinals this is the new Tweety Birds well and you know what's interesting about the Cardinals is I mean they now are in a position to win their division I mean they, they're, they're up you know yeah, two they might games win the division but that's all they're going to go because plays like that and the way they play defensively there's no way I would think they'd be knocked off if they got to the playoffs. If they're lucky enough to get to the playoffs, uh, they would be knocked out real quick. They, they, you can't play like that in the playoffs. You 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 have to have that defensive um, team working together as a unit, and it's not working as a unit. It's, well, it's I, just I, not. Listen, I think they listen. I think they they're working well together as a unit. They just no, haven't I don't played think they are six at all because they shouldn't have lost that game. Yeah, you know, they, they haven't played have sixty they, minutes. They had, it, they had them by the balls, and they blew. The game, right? They blew it because defensively, and I think that, that that defensive coordinator has a lot to answer for. That game was played sloppily in the second half. Well, and, and the half, offense what, played well. I thought the offense was doing well. All they had to do—I mean, seventeen to three—they had a long way to go to catch up, and they did. 
Well, we hey, listen. If you put twenty three points on the board, you should be able to win a football game. Well, that's so they exactly end up. Losing. What you said a long time ago. Uh, you said if you get past twenty, you should win the game. Yeah, well, there's no doubt about. It. And that's there's what I'm no, saying. Yeah, there you go. I mean, the defense did this team. time. I, mean, I don't care what the fans say in Arizona. They're not good enough to go to the playoffs. They played the Eagles. Oh, they played Dallas for some reason. So some for some fluke. They yeah you know, that happened in the uh, they blocked the um, they blocked the uh, punter and got the touchdown in, in overtime. I mean, it was a fluke, and they thought they won the uh, Super Bowl the way they were acting, and then they. Go to Carolina and blow it like that? I mean, well, listen, is Carolina is yet. a team. Listen, Carolina is no slouch. Carolina is a, a very good football team. I think they're ahead of their division. They're very hey, good you know, football maybe team. Maybe the Cardinals thought, you know, after the bye week, hey, man, we beat Dallas. We talked about this uh, last week. Hey, the Cardinals beat Dallas. They're sitting on top of the world. Hey, we're number one. Look at us. Blah, blah, blah. All that ego crap. And then they go into Carolina and get their asses kicked. Yeah, I mean, but Carolina six and two ahead of the division. They're, they're not a slouch. You know, I, that's who's, what I want you to I pick as a fact. I pick them. I who? pick them to win their division. Carolina is a team that's got a lot of weapons. You know, and Jake Delone is a quarterback of which, hey, he understands. Again, he goes out and he executes the game plan. He takes care of the ball, and he's got some receivers on it. And I, and I just like the way Steve Smith plays the game with mm-hmm. an attitude. Well, getting, and, getting on to a different subject, what do you think about Dante Culpepper going to the Lions? You think well, it's a good move for the Lions? Well, I don't think, according to what I last the last reports I saw, it wasn't a done deal. No, it's not a done deal, but they they, they are talking. Do you think that that's a good move for them? I mean, I'm, I'm asking your professional. Well, opinion. here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about it. I, you know, and again, I, I, this show is Rayella Sports, so I'm going to draw upon you know my experiences many times. So what happened? I, I remember when I was a free agent. I got a chance to a free agent because I was cut. Okay, mm-hmm. I got a chance to travel around. I remember I went to Miami and I didn't sign. And, and uh, when I went to Miami, I didn't sign there. Miami, uh, Don Shula asked me, uh, where else had I been? I had been to Indianapolis. Indianapolis actually you know, offered me a contract, and I didn't sign it. And Don was like, why didn't you sign? And I said, well, I, you know, I, I had some other options, and I just didn't do it. He didn't understand why you were offered a contract and you didn't sign it. Why well, in that it? day of football era, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of free agency, but I knew that there were some other teams that were interested, and so I didn't sign. That's what Dante's saying. He's saying that he has a better opportunity to go to another team and play. I don't know if that opportunity is more money because, to me, Kansas City, Detroit, well, you throw it up in the air as to what's the better opportunity. I meant opportunity in terms of going back to my home state and playing ball and, and getting a chance to make a little bit more money. Those kind of things. I don't know what Dante Culpepper is thinking about right now because this is a young man who retired. I don't think he is the savior for the Detroit Lions. I really think he has to go into a team, and if he's going to go into a team and help them into the playoffs and towards the Super Bowl, they have to have all their weapons in place. I don't see that in Detroit. Well, you know, talking about um, um, uh, yeah. Tim, Tim Hightower with Arizona, back to Arizona a little bit. Do you think Hightower is going to push uh, the uh, senior citizen, Edron James, out of a job? Okay, I'm going, to do a, I'm going to do a 180 here because you took me back the direction I just left with the Cardinals, and I'm oh, going to sorry. go back there. <laughs> but, but no, I've talked to you about the senior citizen, and that's okay. You, many times, I don't think I got, well, again, the average you know, lifespan is only three and a half years, so perhaps right. maybe I did reach senior citizen in football with seven years. But with that being said and done, Adrian can go out with his head high and he can, you know, he can be the tutor of this young man and he can give him a spell every now and then. But I do think, again, Wiz and Hunt has said before when we were concerned about what was going to happen with Kurt and Matt. He stood by Matt all the time knowing it's a competitive situation, but we take care of our business in the locker room. So if you read between the lines and he's saying that Edge is his man, I believe 
the young man Hightower, mm-hmm. he's about to get his chance. No doubt about it. No, he I, should. I so, he deserves to get his chance. And then J.J. Arrington, who now, because he, he ran back a kickoff, you know, is now running back kickoffs in, instead of uh, Steve Breston. But I think Steve actually does a better job of running back kickoffs. But I they're using too. him at wide receiver. But I think Steve, without a doubt, is the best kickoff return man that we have. And he, he should be back there. Well, you know, in other news, San Diego Chargers, they fired uh, their defensive coordinator. Well, listen, it, what, all you have to do, all you have to do is to get one person to get the ball rolling. And all of a sudden now it's OK. And, and, and that happened with Nolan in San Francisco. You know, once they decided to let him go, then it was open season on coaches, you know, because really, you know, what can you do in the middle of the season? You know, are you saying, OK, guess what? You're saying that right now the season's over. This, this season's over. We lost this season. It's time for us to go, you know, in a new direction. And when you're making coaching changes, that's basically what you're doing. At that time, you're almost giving up on the season. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you're giving up on this season, but you're telling the players, okay, well, well, I, this I, is I, a I job interview for you now. Okay, if you don't I, get your butt together, you're next. Right. Let me tell you about the San Francisco 49ers, though, with their changes with, the, with Mike Singletary. They're also talking to Condoleezza Rice about a high-level position within uh, the uh, organization, and the, uh, the uh, Secretary of State is uh, interested in listening to what they have to offer. Well, that's see, that's well, what do you all. What she be doing there? Well, that's politics. That that's a front office. See, many times, see, oh, people don't know. Does she know anything about football? Yeah, but that see, this isn't about football. This is about the business of football. Oh. It has nothing to do with what's going to go on on the field. She oh, will have okay. nothing to do with the personnel. She's all about being in a position to go in and lobby for her some dollars that they'll need to build these stadiums and whatever else they need. So I mean, you know. This is business. I mean, this is how business is done. You know, backroom door uh, meetings. Yeah, well, you're and all right. That. You know what? Because I'm just reading about it. She uh, she's an enormous football fan, and she once aspired to be uh, the commissioner before Roger Goodell. Yeah, well, how about that? I, I you know I think I don't think Browns it's it, growing up in Alabama. Listen, listen look, at that. look at that. Listen, if a woman can own a football team, then certainly you know somebody can you know be whatever position they want to give her, mm-hmm. except. And what's that exception? I don't know. I, missed I don't think they're going to let a woman coach football. I no, don't think. Not coach football. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that's <laughs> the exception. The I, I thought you would get that. That's why I wanted you to go ahead and say that. You know, and again, uh, okay, that's okay. not being sexist. I just thought you would come up with that because I just don't think that that we're ready for well, a lady you know, to coach I, I, an NFL team. You know, the way it is today, she should be in the locker room. She should be there. She well, there are women. Wait, no, don't get Georgia. You can believe Georgia Frontier was in the locker room. Georgia Frontier is always in the locker room. Yes, yes. So, so she was in the locker room whenever her team was. You know, the game was over, so she'd go in the locker. Many times, mm-hmm. you go into the locker room. There are women reporters that are always in the locker room. So there have always been women, and well, not always, but certainly during my time and, and even today, there are women in the locker room. Certainly, there are reporters that are always there with the camera, with the microphone. Remember doing all that big stink about that when they put the reporters inside the locker room and the, and the guys are walking around half naked? Remember all, remember all that back in the? I think it was in the eighties, wasn't it? When all that started? Well, yeah, well, yeah, that's about when it started. Yeah, and yeah. and and, and player, many players objected to it, but you don't. The players don't make the rules. The players play the game. Right. <laughs> we don't. You don't have a say so. You know, you many times it's very obvious to players that, oh, wow, we're just a hired help. We really don't have a say-so. <laughs> and so, you know, that's what I – but I think it, whether it's Condoleezza Rice or whoever's going to be, there are women mm-hmm. that are involved in the administrative part of football. 
and very successful. So I don't know all the teams, but she won't be the first. Maybe at that position, the level of which they put her at, she might be the first. But they've already had a, a, a female owner. So certainly, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, Christina Laurie has a, not just the fact that she's married to Jeffrey Laurie, but I think she has an equity position in that team because her family bought money to the purchase of that team as well. Right, and that's the, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, that's, that's the owner right. of, of, of the Philadelphia Eagles. So, so listen, listen, uh, let, let's get back to a little bit of football because... Ah, we got music. That's okay. That's not bad because we got another segment coming on. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and talk about some football. A kicker, too, fan, man. A kicker made a big tackle this week. I don't know if you saw that. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Take a look inside the country's fastest-growing professional sports organization. Join Robbie Kendall for Inside the ABA on the Voice America Sports Channel. The show will feature weekly interviews with the owners, players, coaches, and influential league executives. Tune in and be a part of the fastest-growing sports organization in the world. You can hear Inside the ABA every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. That takes me back. Everybody, everybody, everybody listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Hey, man. Hey, family, we're going to talk about some football now. We're going to go through the different divisions, and we're going to talk about the standings because I know you and I made some predictions early in the season. Right now, going into the ninth week, I think there's been some surprises here. But let, let's start off at, 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 at the AFC East. And, uh, you know, in particular, you know, the New England Patriots are ahead of that division. Now, we all thought the Patriots would be there, but they don't have Tom Brady, and Buffalo is tied with them at 5-2. and two. So does that surprise you? You know, New England is at the top, and Buffalo, and then, of course, the Jets and, and the Dolphins are, are below those, those two teams. Does that right, surprise four, you at all? Jets are 4-3, and, three and uh, Dolphins are 3-4. and four. 
So that doesn't surprise you at all. Nothing, no surprises there. I no mean, other than the fact there. that again, Castle is the quarterback, and, and we don't have uh, we don't have you know Pretty Boy Tom there. Pretty Boy Tom, yeah. Pretty, I, I, they they say Pretty Boy Tom might uh, might might have a problem coming back next year. His infection and his knee has a lot of problems. Hey, fan man, I want you and everybody else to go out there and just do a, a Google search on Reggie Williams, who used to be a linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals. There's an article out there on him, and he's recovering from a knee injury. There is a chance, and I pray to God this doesn't happen that Reggie could possibly lose his knee and maybe his leg because of some complications to several different knee surgeries that he had. And when you see his knee, it is the ugliest thing in the world I've ever seen. He's had about, I'm going to say, a conservative number of 13 knee operations. But he has had some complications with some infections in his knee, and that's why he's well, a little concerned the about Tom. Well, infections where the problem is, and that's what they were saying on Sunday with Brady about infections, that he might have an infection, and it could be, could be, a, it could be, season, it could be a career ending. Wow, wow. Yeah, okay, let, let, let's move on. I hope that doesn't okay. happen to Tom. It certainly won't. My prayers, my prayers are out there for Reggie. Uh, listen, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, AFC, uh, you know, North team, Pittsburgh Steelers, 5-2, and two, of course, Baltimore Ravens. I think we, at the beginning of the season, Thought that the Steelers might win that division, but, you know, the Browns and the Bengals, I, I think the Bengals might as well start looking for a new coach because yeah, you know, my, my man's out of there. Yeah, I think they need a new coach. Yeah, and, Mar- and Marvin's a good guy. Oh, Marvin. You know uh, Marvin Schmarvin. He came in there. They, they all, he's, he's, he's the new god of gods. And well, him and Ucho Cinco couldn't get a, They're not getting along. Yeah, right. That's exactly right. But then Man again, management, like we talked about earlier in the show. But then he's got a great quarterback too, and Carson Palmer is just been. Yeah, he's a very, he's a good, not great. great quarterback, but the coaching staff is a mess. I think not I, great. I think he, and Marvin Schmarvin's going bye bye. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I stopped using that using that word great. He's and, a very good. And I also think the Steelers, Ravens, and Browns are in it for the fight until the end. Well, yeah, and I and I, I hope the Brownies just keep in that fight. Well, of course, let's go to a, let's like go to AFC AFC South. Of course, you got Tennessee, and and I know you and I both. You know, pick that that the Indianapolis Colts would yep. be ahead of that division, yep. and not necessarily the way it is now with Tennessee Titans sitting ahead of everybody at seven and zero. Oh. No, and I didn't pick Tennessee. I, th- I thought Tennessee uh, was going to be in the middle somewhere, and I was. Yeah, you know what? I take that back. You know what? I did not pick Indianapolis. I picked the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought I the Jaguars. I picked uh, the Colts. I think I yes. picked I picked the Jaguars. I remember thinking of the Jaguars, and and that, hey, that's somebody else too. Now we. We never know, you know, uh, Del Grio may be in a little trouble down there, too, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Texans have surprised everybody. They're 3-4. Yeah, and that they're, they're, they're surprising the Texans are 3-4. and four. They're, they're coming around. Yeah, 3-4 three, three and four right now. I mean, 3-4, and four, you know, can still get you in the playoff hunt. It's not over with. You know, you're a little bit under 500, right. you know, as you go into the, uh, you know, first half of the season. But certainly you've got a chance if you just stay yeah, competitive. You know, my, my feeling with the Texans, it's going to be, uh, they're going to be 500, 8, and 8. That's what I think is going to happen to them. And then next year, look out for the Texans. They're going, to, they're going to light on. Yeah, that won't get them. Okay, so let's look okay. at the AFC West. And, of course, you've got the Denver Broncos who are at the top. But I think when we looked at that division, of course, that division is with, with Denver, San Diego, Oakland, and Kansas City. And right. I think everybody was, you know, putting some pressure on San Diego. And San Diego at 3-5 and five is just not doing what It's not good. They there. just got rid of the defensive coordinator. They're shaking things up over there. And, I, you know, and the Denver Broncos, you know, I think Denver Denver's one of those teams. You just never know which Denver team is going to show up. That's right. Got you never, you're right. You never know what team's going to show but up. You, That's correct. But, but they've, got, they've, got some, they've got some talent there, and I like the quarterback. And, uh, of course, uh, the big wide receiver they've got, I like him too. But they, you just never show. Let's move over to the NFC, of which, uh, you know, everybody's already, uh, you know, well, Talk let's, about say, the let's NFC say something East. about the NFC. I said, and if you recall, Owen Hodge didn't like it. Uh, uh, Jeff, our roving reporter in Philadelphia, was against me. I picked the Redskins. 
No, I think you picked the Eagles. No, I didn't. I, no, I, I picked the Redskins and the Eagles. Okay, okay. You can't pick them both well on one team. Year. The Redskins were going to be in the running for a playoff spot. I said that. I have it right. on tape. I'll give you that. You said no, that you they were going to be. true. I'll give you that. You said they were going to be, but only one team can win the division, and we all said, you and I, said the Eagles are going to win that division. Well, I still think the Eagles have a great, a great shot. They're 4-3. and three. The Redskins are 6-2, and two, but the Redskins are playing well. I, I think it's going to come down to uh, the Giants. Well, I, you know what? I don't know who it's going to come down to because that, that division is so fierce, I, I, I can't even make a prediction. At this yeah, point. and everybody's going to beat up on each other, you know, so that, sure. that, that's the hard part of that. There, there's some good teams in there. In the Cowboys, you know, you know, they were able to squeak out another win. And well, everybody, yeah, every, everybody was going crazy on the Cowboys, and look at them. They're 5-3. and three. They're third in the NFC East, and the Eagles are fourth. Yeah, and so, so, you know, so Wade gets another chance. You know, he gets another day. He lives another lives day another to week. play another game. <laughs> okay, now we got, of course, we got the NFC North. We got the Chicago Bears, the Packers the Vikings and the Lions. This is probably, you know, it's probably the weakest division in, in the NFC. So, mm-hmm. but, but the Bears at 4-3 and three are a top tie with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, you know, is that division again, even worth talking about? And again, going back to the Packers, about? all the, all the Brett fans up there were all complaining and look where they're at. They're right in the running for uh, in a playoff spot with that new quarterback. Yeah, but you know he's he's banged up, and you, you never know about him either. You don't know if he's well, going to show up. banged up, but at least they're they're still in the hunt. Well, you I mean, know, you're right. They're in a hunt. Basically, when Brett Favre left, everybody wrote him off, and, and they came back and look at their, the way they're playing. And all you hope to do is to get an invitation to the dance. So That's maybe they'll get one. Okay. Hey, let's look at the NFC you know, South. You know what's you got really the... surprising, though? Oh, you're going to go to NFC South now? Yeah, I want to okay. go to those Carolina Panthers that just beat up on the Cardinals, man. I, told, I like the Carolina. I like what they can do. They, they have... I mean, they have a, a, a great, a very good defense. Not a great, but a very good, de- an aggressive defense. And then the, the offense has an attitude. I like Steve Smith is 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 the leader of that of that offense. And, well, they, and they do play have with an attitude, attitude because they were down seventeen to three and beat and whipped Arizona's ass. And 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 good a good team, a good, good team. Arizona Cardinals is a good team for them to be concerned about. But you know, I thought Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay surprised me last week losing. You know, I, I thought Tampa Bay would you know play better and right they were right there in the thick of things and just couldn't get a victory. So they I just you couldn't know, get it. Yeah. So uh, what about the Falcons? The Eagles beat the Falcons, but did, do you still like the Falcons? They're, they're looking good. They're looking good. I, I think the Falcons are going to be 8-8 eight and eight this year and next year with, um, with that new quarterback. What's his name? Um, Matt. Matt Ryan, yes. Matt Ryan. I didn't know Matt Ryan was a Philly boy. I didn't yeah, know he's, from right, he's from right outside of Philadelphia, yeah, and that's why I was saying well, how did he get to Boston College instead of Penn State a while ago. We don't want to talk about Penn State. Let's move on. Hey, but New Orleans. I, eight eight. New Orleans, um, you know, Reggie Bush is be, gone. I, I think they're going to be 8-8. Eight eight. You know, they're, gonna, they're, just, they're not going to be in it. I think it's the Panthers and the Buccaneers. Yeah, and Reggie's out of there, man, so, you know, that's a good. Okay, so let's, okay, let's go to, you know, our division here in, in, in Phoenix. You know, of course, the Arizona Cardinals are ahead of that division. Four three. Okay, I know you're still over there, but but let let's be true. Let's be let's be homers. I here, mean so. true. We got the Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks, you know, the St. Louis Rams, and the San Francisco 49ers. Wait, well, no wonder the Cardinals are again. The Seattle stinks. The St. Louis Rams. I thought they were coming back with that new coach, and they did. At least they won two games. Uh, and San Francisco, forget it. So the Cardinals probably will get in, and I think the Cardinals will lose the first playoff game and be sent home to Tweety Birdland. But you know what? If the Cardinals win that first playoff game, that I mean, if they lose that first playoff game, that's okay because if they no, get no, that is again, not okay, right? The yes, way they it is. On Sunday, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Man, man, watching he, that game, you have to understand. Coach Wiz has a plan. His plan is to yeah. The plan is to win. It's to make some progression, and he would be well, if no, he made, they made it to the playoffs against Dallas, and they they just barely won that game. Luck was on their side, and then they blew the seventeen to three. Oh man, you're going to make me this. argue with you until the end of the you show. But let me say this: hey. 
Here's the best game this week. Be sure to watch the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. That's it's the best be game, game this week. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network <laughs> with the number one co-host in the world. Man, man. As always, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time, and we'll still be in Phoenix living like it matters. Smile.